Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glickswin with my tag team partner, Matt Story, and two dogs also present. So if, we I, go. if I start yelling audience. randomly about drop it, it's not to Matt. Okay, okay. <laughs> Good to know. Uh, so we, we're heading towards a early 2000s Apple Cup style game in the Territorial <laughs> Cup with two winless teams duking yeah, it out geez. for in-state supremacy and nothing else. Yeah, not much else. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe completely nothing else. What's the? Uh, I'll ask you. Have you heard? I mean, is there is there rules on the Pac-12 for bowl eligibility? I, I've read some things about eligibility. I thought everybody was eligible this year, but am I wrong? I haven't seen anything about the Pac-12 because it, it all went in flux when we lost bowl games right. and then added bowl games. So. Exactly. Yeah. I mean. Considering that right now the Pac-12 has four bowl tie-ins, it would seem long odds for ASU to make one, even if they win this game and the whatever championship game, you know, championship week game we get. Um, because I mean, we're not sending a team to the playoffs, so you figure the the champion goes to the Fiesta Bowl probably, and then you have three other bowls. But you know, and this this can be a topic we get into some. But you know, I saw BC today said thanks, but no. Um, I got to imagine they're not going to be the only program that says that. And so, hey, maybe we backdoor our way into a game for an ACC team or something like that. Yeah, I, I think we'll have to win this week uh, to, to get any so. sort of invite. But, but let's start with talking about the UCLA game. So yeah. uh, if, if you were wondering if the team was going to come out rusty, they answered that very strongly in the affirmative. Yeah, they definitely did. I mean, uh, it, it's sort of, uh, you know, I, I said a lot of that last week. That's why I picked UCLA was that I just wasn't sure. And, and yet I was still disappointed by how how rusty, how sloppy things were. Um, you know, I guess I shouldn't have been surprised. Maybe I wasn't surprised, but I definitely was disappointed by it. It just uh, uh, because there were certain things that looked pretty good but just not enough of them. And, and you know, yeah, ultimately we, we took another loss um, in a game that could have easily been won. The the Devils were down 17-0 with 30 seconds to go in the half. Uh, yeah. A, a dynamic kick return to set up a Jack Luckhurst field goal. And, and First if, time we've ever mentioned that name on yeah, this I was gonna podcast. Say, but yeah, yeah. And if I'm saying it wrong, it's because I never thought I'd have to say it. <laughs> yeah, but... Hey, it was a good kick. Uh, you know, I might want to see more of what he can do. One kick, but it looked pretty solid. Um, you know, 40, 49 yards or something, right? Is that what you said? 49 yards, and then they gave him the extra point. I saw. I so. saw, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, Zendejas missed a kick early. And, you know, that, as I as I look back on the game, and, and um, you know, not to get us astray, but just too many missed opportunities to get throwing away points and certainly a missed field goal loomed large, but you're right. We get that field goal. And then I'll tell you what, the second half, I mean, you look at that second half, look at the drive chart um, and the play by play. And for about 27 minutes of the second half, we dominated the game. We moved the ball at will and we totally stifled them and it just wasn't quite enough. I mean, we got the lead, but then we gave it away again. The defense tallied five sacks. Uh, you know, for for only playing two games, the the front of this defense has looked great. The front seven we thought would good. be a strength, and it was. It had, and and, the, and but I mean, you say the front seven, and you're right in general. But the defensive line, I think, was a question mark coming in because it really was there wasn't much impact from it last year. And I, you know, Haller tweeted this mid game, and he's right. You know, one of the one of the MVPs of this team, if you you know, or or. MV, you know, most valuable coaches has got to be that new defensive line coach. I mean, they, they've really improved. Um, I mean, that's that's been a revelation of a group from a group that was pretty mediocre last year. Yeah, well, and something that you and I talked about in the preview, I, I you're right, I gave too much credit to where we were because I'm looking at the names and I remember us talking about, is it right that we're going to rely on Tyler Johnson and DJ Davidson? Right, right, and apparently yes, and, it was. And they they were they've been good. Michael Mattis has been good. Um, you know, oddly, I haven't heard much from Jermaine Lowley. Now it's only been two games. Well, I, think, uh, I haven't but heard I, his name called much. But, but I think he's doing what they're asking him to do in this setup, which is he's just eating up blockers in the middle. Uh, yeah, and and with look with defensive line, it's it's tough to 
mean, any defensive guy sometimes, you know, like not hearing their name doesn't necessarily mean they're not doing their job. Um, you know, and, and I mean, it's, it's as a unit, the, the defensive line has been pretty good. We've, we've been pretty good against the run in both games we've gotten to play. And in the second half, I mean, it, it's, it's a difficult one because I looked at it. I think yesterday I was, you know, killing some time and looking and, you know, they had their first four drives in the second half. I think they got three total first downs. We forced three punts and got a safety, um, you know, two, three and outs, uh, got some sacks. I mean, like they, they did nothing with the ball and, but then, but then the drive at the end and, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's maybe unfair, but look, the bottom line is I, I texted you immediately at the end of the game. Um, twice in two games, we've had the lead with three minutes to go and we've given it up and, you know, that's, that's poor execution on your defense's part. No other way to say it. Yeah, it, it, although on the flip side, I would say, you know, if you had told me going into the game we were only going to allow twenty eight or twenty five points to UCLA, yeah. yeah, and twenty eight points to USC, I would have said, oh, okay, All agreed, right. agreed. I mean, that's the thing that's frustrating, and and you know, to call out the defense is probably a little unfair because they have played fairly well. But the one the one thing that bothered me in this game was the number of third and longs we gave up. Uh, there were the, the first drive, the third and nine, we gave up eight yards, allowed him to get it on fourth down. And then I think at least three or four more times through the game, we gave up a third and eight plus, uh, you know, actually gave the, you know, gave up the first down. Um, and that was, you know, there were a couple on the touchdown drives in the first half that kept drives alive. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. I mean, defensively, we haven't been too bad. Offensively has just not been good enough. And, you know, it's the thrown away points in this game. It's the fumble on the goal line. It's an interception in the end zone on first to 10. It's a, a failed two-point conversion because you can't line up right. What should have been a two-point conversion, you know, Johnny Wilson's not on the line of scrimmage. So you end up with having to try it again and you don't get it. It's a missed field goal. I mean, you know, those those four mistakes right there cost you between, you know, 12 and 19 points. And you lose by seven. I mean, that's, that's how you lose a game. Yeah, it is disappointing how we got here. I, yeah. you know, I, I will say, when, you, when you've got an offense where you're expecting all of your skill guys back, which I think right. we safely are, I, I think we yeah. have to be with the exception of Darby. And uh, yeah, Darby's an interesting one. Uh, that'll be an interesting case. Maybe he does, but yeah, I mean, at this point, I guess we don't know. But pretty much everybody else, you certainly think so, of, of the you know, significant contributors. And, you know, you, you texted before you wanted to talk about Trainum. Uh, yes. I, between him and White, I, we haven't seen anything from Nada, and if With that Nada. means he's going to transfer or, or what, I don't know. But uh, yeah. between Trainum yeah. and White, you've got a one-two punch next year that should be real good. They've been very good. Yeah, I, I don't have any complaints about the running backs. I mean, Trainum has been really impressive, and and you know the, the billing was high, and he's lived up to the billing so far. Now it's only two games, but he runs hard. He, uh, he just has good running back instincts. You can just see it. You know, he, he sees the hole. He, he hits the hole when it's there. He doesn't shy away from contact. Uh, he's just he's just a good running back. You know, you can you can see why the hype was there for him. And in the receiving core, the freshman, you know, Bunkley Shelton had four more catches. Johnny Wilson had four catches. Should have had a touchdown. He should I mean, he should have had a touchdown. Should have had a two point conversion. I mean, that's yeah. the one that was killer because that. You know, the complexion of that last drive changes if we get the two. We're up by three, all of a sudden a field goal, you know, yeah, ties it. But the drive feels different when all they need is a field goal to go ahead. And that was a bad mistake. And, like, it was a better game for him than the first game. But it, it I don't know what, I don't know what you thought. You know, maybe you, th- you know, have a differing opinion. And if so, feel free to share. But I'm not seeing special from him yet. Now, it's only been two games. But considering, I mean, very similar to Trainum, we heard big time things. I'm not seeing it right now. I'm, I'm seeing a guy who just is kind of uh, run of the mill. Now I hope it's just a temporary thing, but I'm not seeing it yet. So obviously, given my many many years as a NFL and college football <laughs> analyst and former, well, we're, we're amateur analysts for many many years. We former, have been doing this a while. Former We've seen special. Like I, I was a Madden player. So right, right. I, the, what I will say about Wilson is he does get open. Now I don't. Yeah. He, he some there's always something wrong where he he misreads 
you know, right. where where the communication is with him and Daniels on when to stop, when to turn it upfield, things like that. Yeah. There's yeah. a little too much of that. Yeah. But yeah. The, I mean, I just like, and I know this is an unfair standard, but right now I'm not seeing Jalen Strong, Nikhil Harry from him. And that's, I think, what was sort of expected. And still, he still could be that good. Yeah, but you know those are those are guys. Yes, they got better as their careers went along. I'm not I'm not expecting him to be finished product, Nikhil Harry. But from from the jump with Nikhil Harry, you saw like oh, this guy could be pretty good, and then he got better. Yeah, and, he's and not I'm coming in. So he's not coming in showing us this is a number one. I'm no. I'm a number one college receiver. No, no, um, it's it's been a struggle. Now again, it was better in game two than it was game one, but it couldn't have been much worse. Quite honestly, game one was a nightmare for him. Um, but I just, I, you know, I want to see more. Bunkley Shelton has certainly, I don't think there's much argument, been the best of the four freshmen. There's only two are playing. I haven't yeah. seen Chad Johnson Jr. on the field once, and Badger's ineligible this year. Yeah. No, I, Bunkley Shelton has given me what I was worried about. I was worried yeah. about how are we going to replace Kyle Williams, and it's very, it's a one-to-one answer. LV Bunkley yeah. Shelton is replacing Kyle Williams. Yeah, he's been good. I've I've liked what I've seen from him. Now there was that there was the play on the last drive that I don't know if that was a bad throw by Daniels or a bad route by him, but he was open and and the ball was not where he was. And that would have I mean would have put us down inside the twenty if he makes the catch. Maybe he scores. I mean he, he might have had a chance to do something after the catch, but um, I don't know. I mean that's a tough one to say. But uh, yeah, you know, like as good as the two new running backs have been, and they've been very good. The receiving core has not looked great, and there's reasons for that. I mean, you know, I was I was gonna say, uh, you know, when we started this conversation, that like this conversation should come with like when you watch a movie and it's got the, you know, we know that these images may be disturbing. Like, uh, there's plenty of excuses for this team, and and most of them are very legitimate. But I still think we we you know there's disappointments that are there to analyze. Absolutely, I. If you turn your view of this season the way Howler described it after we started having games canceled and, and right. just say, hey, look, this is extended practice and, and real game reps for next yeah. season, then yeah, I feel absolutely. good about it, you know? Absolutely. I mean, and that's, that's I think, the best mentality we could have. I mean, you know, because he's right, you know, that basically as soon as, as soon as we had the second game canceled with Colorado – um, you know, any hope of really making noise this year was gone. Any hope of winning the Pac-12, you know, and then we ended up with the third game canceled too. So, um, you know, it it, uh, it it is. I mean, you know, you should treat this like a, a bonus, you know, three weeks at least of, of you know, spring practice. Um, and then you have your actual spring practice, hopefully in, you know, February, March, a full spring, hopefully this year, not – not a you know stop start one like you had last year, um, and and you know you you get ready because you know the excuses don't last forever. There's excuses for this year, and they're and like I said, most of them are legitimate. Um, you know, not having practice, having starts and stops and starts and stops, and all it's true. But uh, yeah, I do I do want to see more from this offense. Hopefully this week and next and. Quite honestly, more from Jaden Daniels. I'm a little disappointed at what I've seen so far. I don't know what your thoughts are. He hasn't been horrible, but I, he hasn't been great in these two games. I'm glad you brought that up because I wanted to talk about Daniels too. The The running is there. The athleticism yeah. is still there. And mm-hmm. and I agree, like, he's bigger. We're seeing, yes. like, a more filled out, mature quarterback. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. But his completion percentage is 55%. It's not good. You know, it's he's not good. two yeah. touchdowns, one pick. I, yeah. What, you know, what are we doing here? And it's missed throws. I mean, I don't, know, I don't know if you saw the last drive. I don't know if you went back and watched the last drive. But there was a throw to Darby over the middle that the ball was a bad throw. Should have been a completion. And it, and it wasn't. And then the play to Bunkley Shelton, to me, looked like a bad throw. Now, what, we don't know. But those were two big plays that, like, the ball just wasn't where it needed to be. And that's a continuing problem. This isn't new. Like, he, he had that last – we would talk about it last year. And he'd have streaks where he was really good. And the Oregon game, he was great. And the last drive against Washington State, he was great. But there were times where the mechanics just weren't good. 
and we're seeing that again this year. That's got to be ironed out. Yeah, he looks like a young quarterback right now. He does, and, he does. And the problem is, I think we both were expecting, well, he'll make the leap and it'll make up for, you know, the Johnny young Wilson receivers. struggles right. or, you right. know, trying to figure out how our receiver rotation is going to work. And the problem is, he made a couple great throws this year. He did. He but did. but it's almost like because his confidence waned after that. Yeah. Like, you know, the I, I think back to the USC game, the drop by Wilson where he threw it in a tight window, yeah. hit him perfectly in stride, and Wilson dropped it. And then it was like, well, he's just going to bounce the next three throws or throw them right. too high. Right, I, right. I, I also am a little worried that he – took to heart the, if you're going to miss, miss low, because it seems yeah. like he skips a lot of balls in. He does. He does. I mean, that was the throw to Darby at the end. Uh, and again, I don't know if we would have won the game if that's complete. But when you're down by seven and you're, and you're you know, under a minute to go, you got to complete the balls that are there to complete. And that was one yeah, that was there. He was open and, and he threw it low. Yeah. I mean, and, and, uh, like, that game was kind of the whole Jaden Daniels experience so far. Because in the third quarter, man, he was he was in his own. And I threw the interception, which was a bad decision. But he was on. We were moving the ball. He was, you know, it was one of those where you could just feel it. You could feel the rhythm was there. He was dropping back. He was, you know, as they say, you know, hitting the back foot, going. And and we were moving it. We, we scored a touchdown. We, we scored another touchdown that was called back by an illegal man downfield. Then we fumbled at the goal line. Then we get inside the 30, he throws a pick, then we score another touchdown. I mean, those were our first four drives of the second half. All pretty good. Granted, two turnovers, but we were moving the ball. And and uh, But then the last drive, you know, and, and early in the game, too, it was just like there's just too many missed opportunities there. Now, I'm sure some of that is young receivers not having good practice time with them, you know, new offense. I mean, again, there's a litany of excuses. Yeah, and, although and, but, the flip side is – Darby was there last year. Porter was. was there last year. Hodges was there last year. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, like uh, Pearsall, we, our, right, our our best right. pass of the season, Ricky Pearsall. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like I know it's you know you lose Brandon Ayuk, and that I mean, look, he's a first round pick, and he's you know when he's been able to play for the Niners this year, he's he's had some absences, but. You know, Monday night he had you know he had a nice game. He caught a touchdown. I mean, he's talented, and he was a great you know reliable big play option last year. You know, all else failed, you go to Brandon Ayuk, and then Darby could play off of him, and then you had Kyle Williams. And now you, you know, and like there is an adjustment, and we can't ignore the fact that we haven't had the usual time to make that adjustment. I mean, that that is important context. Um, normally by this time of year, we'd have played 12 games. We'd played two. Uh, you know, we haven't had continuous practice. We, we started in August, then we stopped. Then we started again in October, we played one game, then we stopped. So, I mean, it, it is tough, but I, I did expect more from a guy who, you know, all offseason has been billed as franchise quarterback Jaden Daniels. And so far, he hasn't played that way. He's been, he's been okay. If he was true freshman Jake Daniels, we'd probably say, yeah, he looks pretty good. But see, that's the thing. The, the bar goes higher each year, and I haven't seen the growth yet that I wanted to see. Yeah. On a positive side, one guy who we talked about needing to step up and, and play better this year was Robertson, and, mm-hmm. and he absolutely has. He is, yeah, he has. He yeah, is yeah, back yeah. to you know, someone who you have to account for on every play. If you're agreed, agreed. You know, he's he's one that, you know, you, you cross your fingers and I uh, you might have to really cross your fingers that he may decide to play another year in college. Um, I don't know his, you know, I don't I, I don't think he's considered a first round prospect right now. No, but we but do know about his personal life. He's got two kids. We do. He, we do. Know. And so even if he's a day three pick, I mean, we, he could be. We were talking about this a little bit last time. I think not on recording, but kind of some of the things we're talking about with college football and you know, he could be one of those guys that, you know, takes the takes the gamble of, you know what, I'll be a day three pick and I'll make my way and I'll get my big money later. You know, whether he does or doesn't is a different question. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you'd love to see more of him because he does look better this year. And that's one of those that, you know, uh, of, of all the guys um, having such a short 
truncated, almost meaningless season, that one hurts because it could have been a special junior year for him, it feels like. And instead, it's almost going to like come and go in a flash. Yeah. It's going to be one of those things next time we do a what if. It is. What, it what is. if I he mean, had gotten a full season this what year? If, yeah. And, and I, I fear, I hope I'm wrong, that, you know, that that could be like a Jaden Daniels situation too. I know he's going to be back next year, but are we going to look back and think, boy, the chance that the window for him to really take that leap was altered? Uh, I don't know. I hope not. I mean, I hope he can do it this off season, but you know, like he had a good freshman year and that's where you see a guy. Okay. You know, he gets his chance to, you know, go through spring ball and he works with his private quarterback coach and his owners. And, and by sophomore year, boy, he's rolling. He's becoming a, you know, all American type player. And, and, you know, just hasn't been there for him to do that. Uh, let's pivot. Talk about the territorial cup, Arizona, Oh, and four this season. Oh, for their last 11, potentially somewhere between potentially and probably Kevin Sumlin's last game. Is that Uh, the feeling down in the old Pueblo? It it feels that way. I mean, their recruiting has been terrible. Yeah. Uh, They, you know, people here who are South Point people have talked about how he hasn't done any recruiting of the best football school in the city. Well, and we, you know, we read that a year ago, that the guy who does recruiting for the athletic, I know, wrote that story about Bijan and, and, uh, I mean, he mentioned that, you know, Arizona just didn't really even reach out. He got Borgette to commit, but it's like, what about all these other guys? Where's the communication there? So, yeah, yeah, well, uh, it is, it does have the feel and I mean, I love it. Um, but they have the feel of a lifeless program. Uh, you know, they just, they just, I mean, like I'm. I'm of the mindset that I'd be more than happy if they gave him another year because it just feels like they are going nowhere. Um, and, but yeah, I mean, it, you know, it, if we, if we can send him out, you know, it would be quite a, quite a circle. I guess they probably will play one more game theoretically, although who knows? Um, but, uh, you know, if we can send him out given that what in 2012, everybody wanted us to hire him. And then in 2017, when we were on the lookout for a coach and, you know, he ended up going to Arizona, It'd be kind of funny if his last hurrah at Arizona was a loss to ASU. I agree. I So I'm going to throw this out there. This is 100% unsourced, horrible speculation. Okay, okay. If I'm Arizona, I fire him and I tell Antonio Pierce, come home. Come home. Mm, yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. I mean, that's the and and I was gonna say I don't know if, if there is any talk, but of who they would get, um, you know, I mean, uh, that's that's a an interesting one. Certainly wouldn't love it. Uh, well, because well, here's, here, my, you know? here's my thought process. If I'm the yeah, athletic department yeah. here, one, he's a U of A guy. Two, he's a good recruiter. He's known in California, sure. and his sure. son's gonna graduate, and he right. got the DC bump. So it's not like you're hiring the linebacker coach and a recruiter. True, true. This isn't. It's true. It's kind of USC hiring Coach O. A um, little bit, a little if bit. They would I have mean, made that I, move, but I wonder if you, you know, if ASU could fend that off by saying one, you're going to be the defensive coordinator. Because I don't know if you read this, I certainly did. That Marvin, there's a feeling that Marvin Lewis is going to get another head coach job in the NFL this coming season, and so you could move him up to the man, and you could have a maybe not publicly announced, but a agreement that okay herm's done in two years and you're taking over that type of thing like you know well it's, and, and it's you know herm set. would pump him up he would he would i mean that's the one thing and I don't, I don't know i mean obviously the appeal of going to alma mater is is there but i do wonder given how close pierce is with herm and how herm brought him in would he want to like you know do that to him uh, I, don't, I don't know i mean maybe he would maybe you know the appeal of going back to where he went to school but could we fend that off with a little, hey, you know, you are the guy. We're going to give you this job. Herm's going to coach 21 and 22, and then it's your job. And you start recruiting guys right now that are going to be juniors and seniors when you take over, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think it makes sense. And, you know, the other thing, you've got Gill and Hawkins underneath him, and it's like, look, True. you're you're going to inherit great recruiters, uh, you know, yes. top to bottom. Yes. And all yeah. you got to do is just stay, and we're just going to keep giving everyone a title bump. 
You'll yeah. move over. Yeah. You'll be associate head coach and defensive coordinator. He'll be assistant defensive coordinator, and he'll move to DB coach. And then right. everyone right. takes one step to the left the next year. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, I mean, I, that's intriguing to me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's a good question or good a good thought. Um, you know, as as ASU fan, I don't like it, but uh, it does make some sense. Um, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they do. And you know, I know we've we've already seen. You know, a couple moves in the SEC, um, you know, getting rid of coaches in South Carolina, hired theirs already. Um, you Which know. I like that hire, hiring Beamer. I do too. It's an, it's an intriguing one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's a it's a fresh face. Uh, I think it's much more inspired than Will Muschamp, let's say that. Whether mm. it'll work out any better, I don't know. Um, but, I, you know, it seems like a, an intriguing hire. Um, well, who it's else? A, it's a who known name. But a it is, but but not a retread, but a new name. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You get a little, uh, you know, family legacy that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, oh, it's Bandy that also fired Mason, right? That's yeah. the other SEC. Um, and I, you know, I imagine there's going to be a few. I mean, you wonder if there won't be the same amount. Um, but you know, for Arizona, it does make some sense that you know maybe it's time to move because you know, it, this isn't like an out of nowhere bad year for someone. Um, it, you know, they were bad last year. They were bad the year before. Um, well, they stopped yeah. winning games. Their, their cupcake did. game went away and they haven't beaten anybody right, since right, the cupcake. Right. Game. Yeah. 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 Which makes it really feel like kind of super important that we win this game tomorrow night. Um, I mean, I know there isn't really anything on the line as you introduce this, and you're 100% right. There is not. Um, but, boy, it, it just, you know, I said this to you last week, and it's even more true after we lost to UCLA. You know, many years people joke like, well, you know, it's all about the Arizona game. No other game matters. This year, that really is true. I've never bought into that when we play a full schedule. But when you're only going to play, you know, four games max, um, and you've already lost those first two. Yeah, it's all about the Arizona game. That's the only thing that really we could take from this year and say, okay, we got this. Yeah, it's it is the only thing. Yeah, I mean we as we've been doing these lookbacks, and we've had some disappointing years, but you know, there's always every year kind of has at least one thing that it's like, you know, well, we did we did that. We beat Arizona. We we you know we had the the big you know the walk off win with Danny Sullivan. We uh, you know, we we you know we beat Missouri, we beat USC, you know something like that. Twenty twenty, if there's going to be that one moment where it's like, well, at least we got that. It's this because whoever we play next week, we don't know yet. We don't know who. We don't know where. Uh, it's not going to you know resonate much, really. I mean, it's going to be a, a, a glorified scrimmage. This is the game that feels like okay, you know, there's there's something you can take from this very weird 2020 football season and say, well, at least we got that. Turning to the game itself, ASU is an 11 and a half point favorite, as most 0 and 2 teams are. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> isn't that weird? Yeah, midweek, mid December, we're playing football, which is weird in the first place, and uh, we don't have a win, and we're double digit favorites on the road. Yeah. So I, I guess my, my thought is, I don't know how to pick against us. I, I think ASU I mean, wins this game to. going yeah. away. I, you know, I Ari- hope so. Arizona hope so. hasn't scored more than 13 points in the last two weeks. Yeah. They haven't played a game closer than a four-point loss to USC. Right. But, since then, the they've lost the by 17, yeah. 17, and 11. 11, yeah. Well, and, and I'll tell you what. I mean, we talked about Trainum and White, and we talked about how they've been good. Well, UCLA, I think, ran for two. The UCLA running back, Fenton, I think is his name, Fenton yeah. or Felton. Um, he had 200-plus yards. And then this Broussard kid for Colorado, who's a revelation this year. So is Colorado in general. 301 yards on 25 carries. So... If we're not heavy on the run game, something seems wrong. Like, yeah, that's one thing we've we've you know we talked a little bit about Daniels, and I thought of this on Sunday. Like Daniels is good, but you texted me during the game, and you're right. There seems to be a unwillingness to just establish the run so far in this offense. We're calling these games like Jade Daniels is Peyton Manning, and he's not. Like he, he's a good player, but we could take the ball out of his hands if that's what's right. 
and and it's right in this game. Based on what I've seen from that Arizona defense, run the ball. Smash it down there. If Daniels throws 10 passes, I'm fine with that. The the Buffs averaged 8.8 yards a carry against yeah. Arizona. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, like, this is not rocket science. Looking at what the last two opponents have done to them and what we've been good at this year, like, add two and two and get four. Trainum should have 20-plus carries. White should have 10-plus. Daniels should – I would be fine if Daniels had more rushing attempts than passes, quite honestly. You know, this this Just is the game option, to get a win. Option and draw? Yeah, you know, some, some read options, some scrambles. I mean, that's probably a little extreme having more, you know, but but I, I, I seriously, like, I would uh, – for us to win this game and win it comfortably, I think Daniels should have less than 20 pass attempts. Oh, it would be very, very bad. If he has twenty pass attempts, I think. I think so. Because given, I think not only do I think this, we establish the run, but then I think we just grind them. Like you know, I they, think so too. this is a team yes. that has shown a tendency to fold. Yes. So give yes. them the opportunity to fold. To fold, yeah. Let's just. I mean, you know, like the the what Colorado did to him. First of all, the game was over in less than three and a half hours, which or I think less mm-hmm. than three. Because our game, no, our game started at 8.30. Because I, I turned on Fox Sports 1 at like 8.20, and I even thought, well, God, are we going to be delayed? The, the game was already over. So, you know, make the game quick, run the ball, keep the clock moving, get some touchdowns on the board, let your defense, which has been pretty good this year, hopefully continue to be pretty good, and, you know, work on the uh, the passing game kinks in, in championship week. That's uh, whoever you're playing you know, uh, the, that's your week to do some experimenting, to try to get some rhythm and, and get that rhythm in the spring. Get that ironed out before next August. But this is not the week to, to do it. This is the week to just get a win. Yeah. Colorado had three turnovers. If we don't wow. turn the ball over and we run, yeah. we will win. Yeah. It, yeah. It's, not, yeah. it's not complicated. I, it's this not. Is, I, I don't feel like it's bravado. It's a very Don't. simple game plan. It's not sexy. Uh, it's not fun. Just grind them to a pulp. Right. Yeah, you know. But beating Arizona's fun. Yeah, you know, yeah, you're right. I mean, you know, would I would I love to, you know, have Daniels come out and, and throw for four hundred yards and four touchdowns? Sure. But this is not the game to try that. It's just not. He can he can do that next year, hopefully, against Arizona. Uh, you know, but yeah, like this is, I mean, I, I texted you at early in the ASU game when I saw this, the numbers of the Colorado running back and said, that should be in our, uh, high up in our notebook for next week. And then seeing how we played as the, that night went along, even more so. Trainum's been good. And the, and the running, the, you know, the run blocking offensive line was a big question for this team. Not been too bad. Now, I'd like it if they could stop leaking downfield on pass plays. That would be helpful. But other than that, Pretty decent. Yeah, look, you know how you don't have to worry about an illegal man downfield? Don't throw the ball. Don't throw the ball. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I would, uh, I mean, we were on the other end of one of those games four years ago when they didn't throw the ball once in the second half. And if that's the recipe to get a win this week, I would absolutely do it. I don't care. Yeah. We're probably going to have to throw it at least once. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, really, 20 attempts to me is like, the, the max I want to see, uh, you know, I'd be fine with ten. Yeah, and we've been balanced. We we're averaging two hundred and five yards passing and two eleven rushing. See, there you go. The rushing's been good. Yeah. So let's maximize that. Let's make it three hundred, one hundred this week. I'm fine with that. Yeah, and control the clock. Yes. Protect the yes. D. Yeah, I mean, I, to me, it, yeah, it just makes too much sense. Um, so we'll we'll see. I mean, you know, this is only game three of Zach Hill. Um, so far, he, at least early in games, has seemed pass-heavy. USC, it took him about a quarter and a half to realize, hey, we could just run the ball. And then we continued to do that. Um, and then this this game, you know, we were down, so you had you had to throw it more. I mean, you're down seventeen nothing, you, you, you know. But but uh, we still ran it well in the second half and got back in the game in part because of that. Yeah. Um, I'm picking ASU to win. I don't Me too. think there's any Me secret too. there. Yeah, I don't think I've ever picked against ASU against Arizona, have I? No. I mean, like I think if Arizona was. 11-0, and 0, and we were 0-11, and 
I'd probably still pick ASU to win. I, I 100%. I might not believe it, but I'd pick it. Yeah. Um, I hope that scenario never happens, by the way. But just, you know, if it did. Before we leave the Pac-12, uh, this is not Pac-12 news, but it is relevant. The SEC signed a new 10-year deal with ESPN. Yep, leaving which, CBS. Which is separate from its current 20-year deal with ESPN. Right, right. As part of this deal, they're going to get an extra $300 million. Yeah. The Pac-12's combined deal for Fox and ESPN right now is $275 million. Wow. Wow. Larry Scott suggested that he has to wait until the 23-24 academic year media rights deal to negotiate a new deal. Yeah. I don't believe, based on what I've seen from the SEC, that that is factually accurate. I mean, it doesn't seem like it. Obviously, the SEC's deal was what? I mean, they have three more seasons on CBS before, you know, they they start this deal with exclusive with ABC, ESPN. They've negotiated this deal... For the exact time window that Scott says he has right. to wait to negotiate. Right, right. What? Yeah, why aren't I mean, we negotiating uh, the deal? <laughs> I don't know. It's a good question, and and it you know it is it is startling when you say those numbers, and it's one of those that just makes you almost like think we're not playing the same game. Um, you know, I mean, we are. The, the the rules on the field are the same. It's a hundred yard field, and and there's sixty minutes in the game, and all that good stuff, but. Uh, the, the you know what goes into building those teams it's just not I mean you know to, to use Roger Maltby's line from the 2000 US Open about Tiger Woods it's not a fair fight and and it just doesn't feel like it's a fair fight now that's not the SEC's fault that uh, you know uh, that's that's our fault in the Pac-12 that we've let it get to this point well Michael Lev the the Wildcat beat writer for the Daily Star said the Pac-12 should go to CBS and he's absolutely right you, yeah, you go for yeah. one big game a week, yeah. and then all the rest are CBS, Sportsnet, or, or whatever. Yeah, you know. it's a good idea. It's a good idea, but, yeah. But you I, get you know. one national exposure afternoon game a week? Yeah, which is what we've been missing. You know, you go back to the, the USC, you know, our college years, when USC was a dynasty and, and Oregon was kind of emerging, and, you know, and even, even before that when we were kids. Uh, you know, there was always an ABC afternoon Pac-10 game. That was a lot of times it was regional. You know, that was before, you know, you had all the ESPNs and all that where, the, you know, they don't do regional coverage anymore. But you always had, you know, USC playing somebody or Oregon playing somebody or, you know, and we're missing that. More and more our games are, are buried at night. And the whole, you know, Pac-12 after dark thing, I mean, it's a, it's a fun little Twitter trend, but that doesn't, that doesn't move the needle on a national level. That's more for the for the diehard, you know, I love college football, I'm going to watch, you know, 18 hours a day, somebody like me. But, you know, the the, the national focus, I mean, you know, like Pac-12 after dark, yeah, that's all well and good. They're asleep. That's why it's Pac-12 after dark. I mean, put, them, put them on when people can actually watch. Yeah, just get, get us one game, uh, you know. Yes. Yeah, no. There's always going to be late games. I mean, that that's that's the know, nature we, of the beast. We, but there should be one game, and and get the SEC deal where you say, look, you got to figure out a way to put everybody on once. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, even you know, if it's even if it's you know a non-conference game, or it's just to watch a beatdown of mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. Oregon State by Oregon. Get everybody on once. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. No, I, I agree with you. That would be smart. I mean, that that's a that's a good idea. There's a there's an opportunity there. And obviously, CBS didn't want to pony up the major dough for the SEC, um, and they're not going to have to pony up the same amount of dough for the Pac-12. So it's it's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it'll be interesting to see. You know what happens. And and as uh, I mean, as I know you feel the same way. Um, you know, we've grown up with SEC on CBS on Saturday afternoon. That's going to be weird. I mean, just step, you know, removing the whole Pac-12 part of the discussion, which is irrelevant uh, for, for our standpoint, you know. But just going to be weird. I mean, uh, you know, it's it's taking away one of those staples. Um, now it might be better, but it'll be odd. Yeah. So, all right. Well, the the dog cares about this. Yes. Too. It it'll be weird. Yeah. No doubt. No doubt. Yes. Yes. Well. And, one more Pac-12 item, get, get your opinion. There's been some discussion. You know, let's say USC and Colorado both win this week. 
Should they should they alter the Pac-12 title game and just have the two of them play? Yes. I think so. Especially if Washington can't play this week, which therefore would probably mean they can't play next week either. Yeah, they absolutely should. And you know what? The fact that uh, the Big Ten was able to, to jerry-rig their rules around? Yeah. Fine. We'll, okay, we'll so do it too. Do Make the conference that? look as good as possible. I agree. You, I mean, I think the Big Ten did the right thing with Ohio State. And I, I mean, I think they did the wrong thing by announcing a six-game limit to start with. It makes them look stupid now to have to reverse it. But it's the right move. They, they won the East. All they had to do was show up this week. They didn't have to win this week. I, I think it was the right move. Yeah. I mean, you want your best team in your conference title game, right? And Ohio State is clearly the best Big Ten team this year. I, I'm disappointed because this was the opportunity. For Indiana? Yeah. I, I just felt like we should have let Indiana in. Because, but they, because, but they lost to Ohio State? Right, right. And that's the thing. So I get why they're not. I'm not saying yeah. that. But that you know, it was a technicality, and it wouldn't have counted. And I think that the way they handled it is appropriate, even if it's yeah. changing the rules midstream, because yeah. that's what yeah. that is. What twenty twenty sports is is it changing is. the rules midstream. The ACC did it for Notre Dame and Clemson to get them both a bye week. Uh, you know, the, the Big Ten did it, so I agree with you. The Pac twelve should do it too. Um, and and yeah, I mean, now the whole the whole six game limit. Like, first of all. It was unrealistic in a way. You built a schedule with zero flexibility, and then you put in this six-game requirement, and you could almost see it coming that it was going to blow up in your face when they announced it. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I, mean, I feel badly. I do. I feel badly for Indiana because there was a rule, and under the yeah. rule they should be in. But you know what? The Big Ten and this is part of our broader thing about if it's about the money, which it is, yeah, yeah sure, is who sure. goes. You yeah. got to emphasize your best. And and now I would say, here's where I would feel bad for Indiana. If Ohio State, Indiana's game had been one of the ones that were canceled, that was canceled, and Indiana was also a 6-0, and and Ohio State was 5-0, and then I would say, yep, that, that sucks. You know, like, that they should go. But... but since they lost to Ohio State and they played them well and all that, you know, I'm not, I'm not taking anything away from them. I, I'm less sympathetic, I guess. And and you know, it was just a statement whether they really feel this way. But I think it was the coach's statement said, you know, hey, we we you know we had our chance to earn it. We unfortunately came up short to Ohio State. Well, you know, it was a classy statement. I don't know if they actually feel that way behind the scenes, but I appreciated their no, their class in expressing you, it. That's what you have to do, and that's why. You know, we're we're also getting a stark lesson in coach behavior and coach attitudes. You yes. Know, the the big kerfuffle today with Nate Oates at Alabama oh, yeah. and Coach K. That's interesting. Yes, know, yes, yes, yes. His, yeah. his statement: Would they be saying this if they hadn't lost those games? I I don't know, but probably not. You know, we had more <laughs> more people died yesterday in the U.S. than died on 9/11 or Pearl Harbor. I think. So, is it wrong that today Coach K came out and said, "Hey, maybe we need to pump the brakes on this"? Yeah, I don't know. It should I mean, co- should uh, any of these coaches be the moral arbiter? No, probably no. not. No, I mean, look, you know, I love Shashevsky. I love, I like Duke, and I and I, I'm a fan of Shashevsky's. Um, but man, I, and and to his credit, he prefaced his statement with, "You know, I know people are going to say I'm saying this because we've lost a couple games." Uh, what I would say is that when that's your preface, just don't say it. Just don't. I mean, because look, there's there's a school of thought out there. I don't happen to subscribe to it. That you know, Shashevsky develops back trouble every time his team struggles. Uh, you know, it happened a few years ago. He, you know, they were struggling midseason. All of a sudden, he had to take some time away for his back. I don't really believe that, but it's it's out there. And when you get you know pretty handily beaten twice on your home court, and then all of a sudden you've gone from. We've got to have an NCAA tournament this year. That's the headline. To maybe we should reassess this thing. It's it's going to be viewed in that light. And so whether or not he should be criticized, he's gonna be. And it's probably fair to criticize him for it, as much as I like the guy. I think it's right. I think it's the wrong messenger with the right message and and bad timing. That if he had it's said this timing. at the start 100%. of the season, yeah, oh yeah, you sure, know, sure. The timing is what gets him coming off. You you know you got. 
handily beat by Michigan State last week. Then Illinois comes into your place and handily beats you. And, and you know, now look, it's December. They have plenty of time to turn it around. This is not college football. Their season is not a loss. Um, but, you know, it, it, they're not playing well. And, you know, for him to come down, I mean, Calipari would be criticized too if he said it because they're sitting at one and three. And, and if he said the same thing, he'd get criticized. Like, well, yeah, convenient timing for you. Yeah. I mean, notice that uh, Mark Few is not saying it. And they've put their program on hiatus for the moment, but they're number one in the country. He ain't saying, you know, we should probably reassess this thing. Yeah, good point. So, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I uh, again, this is one of those where I just try to be objective. You know, I like Krzyzewski. He, You know, I've, I've rooted for him since I was a kid, and I like Duke. And But most of that is because Arizona fans hate Duke, and I've become a fan of theirs by association. Um, but, you know, it's one of those that, like, Again, when you're going to use the preface, maybe the preface should have been the silent part and you should have just kept your mouth shut. Maybe wait a week. Beat up some lowly team next week, whoever they're playing, and then say that. Okay. When you say it right after you get humbled, it's not a great look. Yeah. That's a, a good point. Just a thought, yeah. But anyway, before we get out of football... Uh, one thing we talked about a bit before we started recording, but uh, it turns out to be their last regular season game, but our boy B. John Robinson had a monster breakout game against Kansas State last week. Yes, he did. He, if you are in one of those uh, fantasy football leagues that drafts, you know, all the way down to, like, firstborn children uh, in the hospital right now of NFL <laughs> right. stars, you might want to get this kid because he put on a show. He did. He did. He looked good. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, over 200 total yards on only, I think, like 12 or 13 touches. Uh, he didn't He didn't have to, you know, carry it 25 times to get those 200 yards. Uh, three touchdowns, his first three touchdowns of the year, 75-yarder to start that second half. It was It was impressive. He's, he's gotten better over the course of the year, which is what you want. We talked about Jaden Daniels and, you know, that progression. Uh, you know, started out a little bumpy. They weren't playing him the whole time, but by the end, man, he's he's the guy. He's the workhorse. He's the starter, and it looks like they're going to have the same coach. They haven't said that, but that's the way things are trending, so maybe that's a positive for him at least. Texas may not think it's a positive, but for him it might be. Yeah, well, you know, on the year now, he's got 520 yards rushing. That's pretty good. It is. And what's, his, what's his receiving numbers? He's had some... He's got a hundred. He's got almost 160 yards receiving. Yeah, yeah, not bad. I mean, in nine games, um, and again, considering that at the start of the year he was, you know, not getting a ton of reps because they had Keontae Ingram, who I think got hurt. Um, you know, so that was the starter, and then he was sharing time with Rashawn Johnson. So yeah, I mean, he he became the guy about midseason, and very nice year. Now you know they're gonna they're gonna lose Ellinger next year. I don't know who the quarterback's gonna be. Ellinger's done after a. Steven Montez, like, 25-year college career. Um, but well, this year uh, didn't count, you know, though, so maybe he's back. He didn't, so he could come back, theoretically, although they, he went through senior day and all that stuff, so I assume that means he's gone, but you're right. Uh, he, he could come back for one more go-round. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's interesting times at Texas because there's a lot of vitriol about Herman and, and you know, uh, things on the field and off the field that people don't like. Um, but, you know, it looks like Urban, once again, liked being chased more than actually committing because he apparently told him no. So it looks like they're left with probably the best option is to keep Tom Herman. And, again, for, for Bijan's sake, given that he established himself fairly well, at the, you know, as the second half of the season, that's probably a good thing. Yeah, agreed. For the entire program, I don't know if it's a good thing. It might be. Uh, you know, sometimes starting over isn't always the best choice of action. Um, maybe they need to stay the course with this guy and see what happens. Yeah. Uh, last thing before we go, switching sports. ASU yeah. basketball taking on San Diego State tonight. The Aztecs have only lost three games in the last season and a quarter. That's right. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I saw they entered the top 25 this week, so uh, another ranked showdown for us. And uh we apparently, uh, well, we, we haven't talked since. First of all, we got the conference opening win over Cal. It was a little ugly. But uh, considering the drama that's apparently surrounded that trip with staffers and 
trainers and whatnot having to be sent home and all that. You know, we found a way to win and survived an injury scare with Marcus Bagley and looks like he's probably out tonight, but not all season as it was feared. Um, and we get so Verge back. We get Verge back, which is good. So all in all, uh, you know, fairly positive direction for us right now. Um, uh, you know, uh, we, we, uh, you know, we got the conference opening win, which I think I, I looked up. It was only the second time in Hurley's tenure that we've started with a win in conference play. So, you know, Hey, good to get off on a good note and good, good game tonight. And then, you know, we should have some, a little bit of a softer stretch before we get back into conference play against Utah. Yeah. Although I don't know if you saw that, uh, our game against incarnate world yeah, has been canceled. So canceled. Yeah. So they're looking for another opponent. Apparently I saw. Yeah. I don't know if you can match the, uh, the prestige of the incarnate world Cardinals. And yeah, yes, I did no, look up that they're the Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> Good job. I, do, I would not have known that one. But, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I agree. It's going to be a tough one. It's, that's one of those games that having no fans won't feel that much different than how it would have. Or, who, I mean, if we replaced them with an equal program. Because that's a game that we would have probably had about 1,500 people in the stands for. Yeah, for sure. Mid- Mid-December uh, weekday against a no-name opponent. Those are the types of games where we got the first row of the student section, and there was only like three rows full. Yeah, this is uh, this will be fun. I, I think this will be a good game this week, and then uh, yeah, uh, you know, yeah, and then we head into you know the must-win, you know, Cincy Xavier level. Rivalry that's right. That's right. Canyon. Little, little. Yeah, there'll be some tension in that one. I could imagine. Yeah, I mean, that, it's it's uh, a little unfortunate, uh, although maybe fortunate for us that there won't be any fans there because that, that would have been a interesting atmosphere. Us going there with the full crowd because uh, you know we've resisted that matchup, and I'm sure we'll we'll do it in the future with the full crowd. But uh, yeah, there'll probably be some tension between the two programs. I would think. Yeah, but. Uh... Until next time, Matt, uh, enjoy the Territorial Cup. We'll be back sometime to break that game down. Yes, yes. And to talk about all the other holiday games. We might even have bowl projections coming out. We might. We might, yeah. I suppose there's still a chance that we're going to a bowl, as weird as that is. And how, on a, on a, you know, I know we're wrapping up, but how weird is it that the season ends on the 19th and the first bowl game is the 21st? And I hope that. Teams are ready for that two-day turnaround. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was looking at that thinking, well, I guess nobody playing on the 19th is going to play those games the first week, I, I guess, but who knows? Well, and, remember, and you're, this... you you only get to do, what, 20 practices during bowl season? That's right. So That's you got to right. fit so maybe... all those in that day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to fit uh, 10 practices a day into your, uh, into your routine, I guess. Yeah, who knows? This is... Uh going to be an interesting bowl season i think for a lot of reasons so uh, you know the, the playoff games will be interesting for their obvious reasons but everything else it'd be going to be fascinating to see how it all shakes out yeah we'll be here to help you through it until next time he's matt i'm ben it's the ben and matt sportscast